Hey, it's pretty little grown man. Hey, hey. Uh, we just need to tell you. So we're back. We're, we have a full podcast for you tonight. We really dig in uh, to the season of Pretty Little Liars and all the plot and our issues with Ezria and all this stuff. It's pretty sweet. It's it's great. It's full of great it's, information. It's a solid. It's super. It's a solid pod. But we're telling you this because the first ten minutes or so we had a microphone issue and so it's going to be a little fuzzy but hang in there and then you'll get back to this beautiful npr quality sound that we're so known for yeah so now listen to listen to phil nelson's cover of the pretty little liars theme song hey it's pretty little grown man hey it's the, this is the triumphant return episode. <laughs> we sound th- so enthused by by being back together again. <laughs> back at it. Uh, so this is episode 65 of the podcast. Um, I've been a dad for like five and a half weeks, mm-hmm. and Dom just got married. We so, just got married. So th- congratulations. Yeah, my <laughs> my wife celebrated our marriage by going camping with her friends. <laughs> uh, well, you know. People Which I'm show, like, hey, Dave, let's podcast. People show their love in, in many ways. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're going to try and catch up a little bit on Pretty Little Liars. I want to talk about um, some of the more big picture stuff about the plot, about what is actually happening, because none of it makes sense to me anymore. Nope. Uh, we're going to cover episodes, season seven, episodes two through six. Uh, it just came out this week, August 2nd. Uh, in which they, spoiler, kill off Sarah Harvey, yeah. who is like the big sort of um, the big obvious villain of 6B. Yeah, so uh, before we met, we tried to figure out why she was killed. Um, I, that article that you linked uh, to on Twitter today, I think, very succinctly um, said a lot of things that we've been sort of either explicitly saying or implying about the way that they treat uh, LGBTQ characters in mm-hmm. general. Yeah, there was an article on autostraddle.com uh, today responding to the death of Sarah Harvey and pointing out that, you know, as the show has like killed off its characters and so on and redeemed other characters, uh, namely Ezra Fitz, uh, which it has gone out of its way, you know, the show has gone out of its way to make this guy a hero after having him be, like, literally the worst character. I don't even know if I can, in any reasonable way or calm way, talk about the Arya-Ezra relationship. I feel like, I feel like I've said as much as I can ever say, but I don't feel like I'll ever uh, adequately express how much I fucking hate everything that has developed in that storyline. Right. I feel like the, the writers have taken the easiest way out uh, imaginable, and you should all be ashamed of yourselves. I'm talking to you, whoever the fuck wrote that stupid fucking episode. Well, I agree. <laughs> it's bad. But, yeah, I mean, so this, this article was saying, pointing out that this show, which, you know, what was an award-winning show for a progressive portrayal of an LGBT character mm-hmm. in Emily Fields... Uh, and very sensitive about her coming out narrative, uh, has now killed off uh, Emily's first girlfriend, uh, killed off Charlotte, its only trans character. Uh, it's killed off now Sarah Harvey. And what, there was maybe one more? Uh, Shauna. 
Yeah, Shauna. Yeah. Uh, so it has gotten rid of all of these characters who, you know, are LGBTQ characters, uh, as opposed to Ezra. Uh, the, the article basically made this comparison to Ezra, who the show has, like, forcibly redeemed from essentially being a child predator mm-hmm. uh, who took advantage of Arya in every way possible, not only sexually, but was her teacher, uh, was uh, spying on her and her friends, essentially for profit, like, to be able to write this true crime novel. And then the show's like, well, let's have him get shot and then kill off his girlfriend and have somebody call him a predator, which have Arya's other boyfriend call him a predator, which I think is about as flagrant as the show has gotten in being like, uh, this was a really bad character. But they make Liam such a like a fucking weasel that right. it's you you automatically paint him as a villain because not only is he a weasel about you know like just the way that he reacts when he finds out that uh, Arya and Ezra are basically back together, he also then um, takes the most immature route possible in being their editor. And you know, right? He's not forthright about it. He doesn't say, "Hey, you asshole." You know, he he does it through the guise of being the editor of this book that Arya and Ezra have written together. I got to bet you that book sucks so much. I bet you it's terrible. Oh well, yeah, it needs. I mean, let's be honest. That book needs a lot of rewriting. That's that's <laughs> fine with me. I don't have pro- I don't have a problem with them getting some edits. What's really funny about that is why is Ezra doing all the editing? Like, I'm sure that Arya's chapters are just as in need of some editing. Guess not. Yeah, Liam's See, like, this is why this is, this is why you don't have your boyfriend edit your book. Yeah, yeah. We'll just ship any old junk. <laughs> you know what that common situation we get in when our boyfriends editing our book. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I str- I've struggled with that in my career. Um, but yeah, so the show is sort of at a real bummer point in terms of its treatment of these characters, mm-hmm. and I think also at a real bummer point in terms of attempting to solve the mystery and have really any coherence to who the villains are, what the motives are, and something that I think we've talked consistently on the show about is, like, if the show was, like, 5% smarter, it would be more clear about, you know, are the liars collateral damage? Are they a distraction? Are they actually the target? What's really going on? And that was true when, you know, Allie had run away, and we weren't really sure who's chasing Allie, why are the liars being tortured during this interim? And... Uh, it became clear with the Charlotte reveal that she didn't really care that much about the liars, no. that, that they were a distraction, right. essentially. And in this current plot, I feel it's the same situation where someone is trying to figure out who killed Charlotte or someone killed Charlotte and is now going after the liars. And the sort of motive for why is someone torturing these people, again, just isn't there. Mm-hmm. And this is where the show really breaks ground with I think some of the uh, kind of early influences, something like I Know What You Did Last Summer, which has really become a pretty superficial influence at this point. I mean, this is, in these last few episodes, the liars uh, kill uh, Dr. Husband and bury him, and all of a sudden, I was very excited for, that episode was really strong, I thought, and I was really excited for that twist because... Now you have this, I know what you did last summer, classic slasher scenario where the girls have actually done something bad that they need to hide and that someone's going to, this moral act that someone's going to punish them over. And the show hasn't necessarily teased that out in the sort of slasher movie way that one might expect. Well, I think that what the show is trying to do um, 
that it's not doing well because it's too caught up in all of its convoluted plot uh, twists is it's trying to show you that while maybe these girls will never get punished for the actual murder, they are being uh, punished in their relationships, um, which is why... Well, actually, the only person who was getting punished in their relationship was Spencer, uh, because she was unable to tell Caleb uh, what happened, and Caleb obviously knows that something's going on, uh, which he mentions to Ezra in the most recent episode. He just has a feeling that they're not telling them something. Just has a feeling. And I did think that the... I really wanted the Spalub ship to continue because they're the only two characters on the show who have chemistry. But I do think the way the writers handled their um, falling apart and breakup and that scene where they're talking through the door uh, was really powerful and effective. Yeah, that was a very... You're right. It was a very emotionally resonant scene. In a way that I don't think the show approaches very often, especially... Or, or, yeah, especially given how often the show attempts in various degrees to deal with uh, trauma and, and similarly emotionally intense situations. Right. I mean, I don't think really it's had a, a shipper scene that powerful since the, um, the Spencer and Toby scene, the, the flashback mm-hmm. um, yeah. in the last season, which was also very powerful. You know, so... Mentioning that, it seems like Spencer is doing all of the mature emotional lifting. Yes. Which is weird because you have two of the other liars who are basically, you know, have have gone through the um, a, a very adult idea of marriage, um, and yet they don't. It doesn't feel real in any way. Probably partly because Hannah's marriage. It was just a way, a, a distraction to the the resettling of the status quo, which I was like I was telling you before we started. Like Caleb and Hannah are going to get back together. I hate that you're right. Yeah, exactly. So basically, Jordan is just a way to show Hannah that she belongs with Caleb. Um, and and then as far as Ezra and Arya, that's not that's not even those aren't even like real human things that are going on. There. <laughs> Well, yeah, and the whole thing is like, well, and then of course you have Allie running off and, and getting married like overnight, and so the right. whole the whole way that all of these characters have sort of approached engagement and marriage and like serious romantic entanglements uh, has really been a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spencer has been like the only character, and even Spencer like went out and got drunk and hooked up with somebody, you know. So yeah. none none of them have really approached this this kind of stuff in in the level of maturity that you might expect from someone in their mid-twenties. I mean, granted, they're still young, uh, but I think all the character growth that they brought into the Flash Forward has essentially been tossed out the window. Mm -hmm. They're all just running around, reprising their old old roles, um, you know, second-guessing each other. You know, there's no reason why this is happening five years later at this point. So, do you... Okay, so I'm. I, I mean, I think the show is pretty much just like accepted and committed um, to to reestablishing the status quo, and this and that, that's kind of like my biggest um, uh, 
both criticism and concern, which I was texting you about last night, which is, you know... Yes, I, we, we were texting about this. <laughs> I was trying to get to sleep. The baby got with the bed, and I was like, oh, no. I have to, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, I, I just, like, no, just like, diarrhea like, 20 texts at you. Um, but I, 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 that is, like, the biggest disappointment, is that you actually have some growth in these characters, and for whatever reason, you know... I, if if this isn't actually the case, and and the status quo is is just a, a ruse, and none of it works out, uh, I will eat a shoe. I will Bert no, a shoe. I think. I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Like even in this last episode, Emily and Allie are reconnecting. So there's Emerson yep. in the on, on the horizon, especially now that Allie's single. Now that Doctor Husband is dead, yeah. uh, maybe probably. Yeah. And it's like, why even have em- why even have Emily go through like the bother of, you know, dating this this cute blonde who works at the brew for like two minutes so that she can just bail on her, you know? It's like, none of them are able. I mean, I guess what's happening is none of them are able to maintain relationships amid trauma, and trauma is isolating. Um, and Except for the relationships that they developed during trauma. Right. So, right. So maybe there's a comment to be made. You know, I just don't think the show is at a smart enough level anymore to read that as, like, a comment on trauma. No, I think it's just, you know, convenience and trying to set up fan... Yeah, I think we're giving it too service. much credit. To, to read that into it, I think, is giving the show too much credit. I think, I think at this point, this was a really great show for a long time with occasional bad moments. And now I think it's kind of a bad show with occasional good moments. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but you know, this whole, this whole, everything since the after the first like five six episodes of the Flash Forward uh, has sort of been a mess. Now, do you think that uh, the only the only piece left in the uh, previous five years puzzle of you know reestablishing the status quo is Spencer and Toby? Now. The saddest part about that is Toby's relationship is pretty solid, and the woman that he is going to marry doesn't deserve to be dicked around. Right. I don't. I don't think they'll get back together. But you do see this little frisson of Toby texting her and being like, "Oh, gotta work late, babe," because he's helping the liars on yeah. this on this stuff again. Yeah. You know what? So yeah. Either either Toby's uh, fiance is going to leave him, or. The reason that Spencer has been shouldering so much emotional weight is because she's the only liar who can move past the status quo. Right. I mean, if this show ends with the same ships that it had before, what a total disaster. What what a completely unsatisfying thing to do. Like, the whole thing of moving forward was that... The whole thing of of season, I guess, 6B, Mm -hmm. uh, was that... They all come back, and they're like, we've moved past this. We're better than this. We're not who we were in high school anymore. And if the show ends up reducing them in season seven to, well, no, we are exactly who we are in high school, and we haven't moved forward at all, then that's really bullshit. No, I totally agree. (laughs) It's like a totally unsatisfying decision, and 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 it's not fair to these characters. The worst part about it is that that if I I was a betting man, I would bet on that exactly happening. Well, let's. I'm not a betting man. Do you, do you want to get into the the, the mystery, a little bit? So this is where I think the show, you know, lost as the gold standard for shows that that brought up subplots and just left them to fucking wither and die. <laughs> uh, and now Pretty Little Liars is 
I think, in full-blown lost territory. Oh, fuck yeah. Because none of this makes sense. So I want to start with Jenna, because I think Jenna now has become the focal point and will continue to be for the next you few episodes. You pull up your, your, your tweets. And oh, I remember. Tweet by tweet. It's, okay. all, it's, all, it's, it's in here. It's in here. I'm tapping my brain. I have a very good brain, uh, as, I believe it. As, as Donald <laughs> Trump would say. Um, so Jenna comes back. I want to I go back for a second to Jenna before the time jump. Jenna is having these like weird meetings with Shauna, with Mona. They're all connected. We see them all meet like two or three times. Not really sure why. Around the same time period, if I remember correctly, um, Mona definitely is in, I think, Radley with Charlotte, with a blonde person who has to be Charlotte. And so presumably there's some connection from Charlotte to the rest of them. Um, now, so therefore, Jenna and, Jenna and Charlotte would be very aware of each other. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. The next thing we see with Jenna is her being this weird underling to Allie during the Allie reign of terror, which lasts two minutes and makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's become this total lapdog character, not, not a feared villain anymore. And then, okay, so cut to five years later, Jenna walks back into town. The first thing she says is, oh, I came to, like, for Toby's engagement or whatever. And then we see her uh, interacting with Toby, and he's like, why the fuck are you here? So she's lying to the liars. And if the liars had, and the liars, especially Spencer, know Toby well enough to know that he wouldn't fucking want her around. We have the establishment that Jenna is an unreliable character, unreliable Mm -hmm. narrator. Yeah. And she... Immediately makes friends with Sarah Harvey. We're supposed to believe she and Sarah Harvey don't know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's better. It's easier to believe that than her not knowing Charlotte, though. Yeah, exactly. And so the pivotal one of the pivotal scenes in this last episode uh, was Emily walking up to uh, somebody's room. I guess Jen, Jenna, Jenna's, Jenna's room. Jenna's room uh, to deliver some drinks and sneaks a peek at her computer. And then Sarah Harvey comes out and is trying to protect Emily. Uh, a little bit and Jenna and Emily have this whole exchange where we know that Je- that Jenna was talking to Dr. Husband mm-hmm. Archer, Archer Dunhill, Dunhill Archer Dunhill and somehow Jenna tells this whole weird flashback fib that none of it makes sense to me mm-hmm. what did you think of her version of events so okay so the flashback fib is basically that Remind me what it is again. Jenna was like, I read about Charlotte and felt bad for her, and I want I went in to go talk to her, mm-hmm. and so we became friends. We became friends, yeah. And she, it sounded like I kind of want to watch the scene again because it was so confusing. She was like, I knew Archer and knew that he could help her, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and then he helped, or, or Jenna helped uh, Archer get a job at the at the place where where Charlotte was being kept pretending to be a doctor pretending to be a doctor this guy is like a a petty thief or whatever from the UK and so it makes zero sense to me that Jenna was like let me call my friend the petty thief and impersonator from the UK to come in and solve this problem Mm -hmm. and fall in love with you Charlotte my good good friend right fall in love with you Charlotte and then with Charlotte concoct a plan to fall in love with Allison. Right. Yeah. So it's like, apparently Jenna doesn't know about everything with Allison 
or she does, but she's pretending. It's like a, it's like she's pretending that this is this is this is what happened between her, uh, doctor husband and Charlotte, not aware that apparently Charlotte and doctor husband had their own plan against Allison, and on top of that, somehow was being aided by Mary Drake. Right. Right. So this, like, none of this makes sense to me because if you have, um, here's where it really breaks down. Charlotte and Archer are in love. Archer decides he wants to steal Allie's money and, well, Archer, okay. Archer forms this fake relationship with Allison. Mm -hmm. Allison tells Charlotte the night she gets back that she and Archer... Elliot uh, are in love. Charlotte freaks out, goes to the church, gets killed. So either Archer does this behind Charlotte's back or they plan it together that he was going to romance Allison for some reason. But what would be the point of him doing that if Charlotte remains alive and can like access her money and so on at a future date when she's, not in the ho- not in a hospital. Well, I think that Allison Allison still has stakes in the Kirasimi Corporation. She's she's like a she has like probably a conservator kind of role. Right. I think the idea is that. I mean, it, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, just, you're right. The, yeah. The, the like, only way the only way it makes sense to me is if for Charlotte to get mad about this is if she doesn't know about it and Archer is playing both of them, mm-hmm. or. She does know about it, and she goes to the, the church and fakes her own death. I think that I think that's the case. That's I think what that, I really hope. I think happens. Charlotte's still alive because otherwise, it just doesn't make sense at all that any of this would have been set up. Yeah, I think that Charlotte's still alive because and it, this yeah. hasn't occurred to Allison either to be like it was all fake. He lied to me, and he was in love with my sister, and yet my sister went and like died because of this. Like. Somehow that level of introspection has not occurred to her or any of the other characters. Well, like, am I am I totally crazy? Or? No. The other thing that sort of uh, makes this even harder to believe and also narratively stupider is uh, the idea that because we're introducing these masks, these Mission Impossible masks, right? Anything can be explained away, right? So like it's an easy it's easy to have Charlotte fake her own death because just put a mask on a corpse. Right. You know? Exactly. And then and you have probably at least one or two friends in the police department who can make sure that the autopsy doesn't reveal that it's not Charlotte De Laurentiis. Right. Um so you so so when you when you introduce that kind of um uh plot device where, you know, you can fake voices because everyone's a computer genius and you can fake faces because everyone has this like super space age NASA mission impossible mask. Then right. Nothing is to be believed. Everything is possible. Uh, every twist is basically just that a twist for its own sake or to make some sort of impossible thing make sense. Right. And it's frustrating because the show just strictly on on a plot level, not on a uh, a progressive level or anything, but having the choice of Charlotte was a great twist because you know you literally couldn't didn't know 
you thought you were at chasing after this male character and the whole time mm-hmm. it was this girl who was right in front of you. Yeah. You know, uh, they can't do that again, right. obviously. So they're, the, the whole mask situation has gone from being this creepy and interesting sort of dollhouse obsession thing in the previous season to being, like you said, defying reality and making it possible for shitty plot decisions. Yep. Super shitty. Um, it's hard. It's hard. That's why it's like hard to care. It's, it's really hard to care when yeah. anything can, can happen. I mean, you know, the fact that in the most pre in the last episode, uh, there is now a another fake doctor husband running around. Um, I mean, it's just sort of like, yeah, you saw that coming. Like you knew that was going to happen. Uh, obviously, like we had been talking about, about before, the only person that can be really is Noel Khan, right? Um, but why is Noel Khan turned into like this dude who assaults women in their right. home? Right. Why would what's he... in this for him? Yeah. Why is this guy showing up five years later? To be like, it's time to pay Allie back for her blackmailing her, blackmailing me into helping her five years ago when she was on the lam. Yep. Like, that doesn't make sense. Where's the motive? None of it makes sense. Unless, so, yeah. So, basically, either either Jenna and Noel Khan are somehow seduced by the idea that they could be paid a lot of money for this. Right. Uh, by helping... Uh, Doctor Husband, or or Charlotte, or whoever is behind the getting of this money, right? Um, apparently not Mary Drake, although. I mean that was their thing. Mary Drake went from like zero to sixty to zero in three seconds, mm-hmm. and was like, "Yeah, let me help you, Doctor Husband, put Allison in an institution so I can take Charlotte's money." Oh, I decided that's actually bad, and I don't want this money anymore. And also, where was I for the last month during this whole time? Right. Like, when she was in Rosewood, mysteriously? Yeah, right. Like, there's not, just... Uh, well, what doesn't make any sense about any so of this... It's so stupid. Besides just, like, the fact that their sense their sense of chron- chronology doesn't make any sense. Because... Um, what were you saying? I think this is on Twitter. Well, we just we just keep finding out information that seems important and then doesn't matter. Right. Like this is the lost theory of show building where you bring in an idea and it seems really important and it seems like it's going to lead somewhere and then you just fucking forget about it. Mm-hmm. Like for one, um, we find out that Mary Drake had some train ticket or whatever uh, and so she's been in Philadelphia for like a month. So right. she was there when Charlotte was alive. Yeah, and right? like, we we led the cops to Philadelphia, and then nothing doesn't matter, right? Or or like AD doing like this test for Emily at the school, and that gets referenced in a in a later episode where she's like, AD doesn't give anything out for free, not even test scores, and it's yeah. like, but what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. This isn't going to lead to anything. This is just like a stupid Easter egg, right? Like why? There's no point at all, right? Um, I think it's because. And this has always kind of been a problem of the show, even like way back when, is it's hard to believe the motivations of these villains. Right. Because you We just, have no idea. When you find... there, So much time is spent on finding the identity that once you actually figure out the identity, the motivation... It's almost like the writers believe that the motivation doesn't have to matter anymore. Right. Well, I think the motives for Mona and the motives for Charlotte as A were very strong. Um, those I didn't have issues with, but I do think the show 
left so much dangling and left so much unexplained that it's not clear that those two were the only A's and it's not clear why if those people were in fact the only A's why a lot of those other things would have happened you know like I can see why Charlotte would go around killing the NAT club who would have videos you know putting her in some kind of situation you know some evidence or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, not that the show ever explains that at all but it's you know you could you could make that judgment Um, but like one of the problems the show has, I think, is that it gives us these flashbacks, like the Jenna one, or like when Mona uh, explains when she saw Allison before she left, or or I think Allie explained that she saw Mona before she left. Yeah. Um, you know, the show gives us these flashbacks and then sort of indicates that they're part bullshit or coming from an unreliable character and then never really goes back and um, redacts them. So we have this stuff that as a discerning viewer, you think is probably a lie that's being presented to you as truth and just enters into the canon of the show without ever really being challenged. Um, and the Mona Allison thing is important because if Mona was that first a, do we really know who was sending those initial a texts to Allie? Was it Mona? And if so, when Mona bails and Charlotte thinks she killed Allison and then later finds out that Allie's alive, and then has interactions, multiple interactions with her mm-hmm. as Cece. Why does Cece, after Mona's like done being A, why does Charlotte slash Cece not just like say, hey, it's safe now. Yeah. I'm your sister. Everything's cool. Right. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's the same reason um, like Unless, why? I mean, and this is where you get into Melissa and Ren and these other characters who are sort of are totally unexplained. And it indicates that like, Maybe there was another A. Maybe there was another initial harasser who wasn't Mona and wasn't Charlotte. And we just don't know. And Mrs. D is still dead and we don't know who killed her. Right. And I think, okay, well, it has to be either Charlotte or Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's Mary, which I bet it is, then that's then she becomes a villainous character again. Even though the show, of course, is doing that thing it always does where it pivots the character from seeming super villainous to being innocent all of a sudden. And they usually don't pivot back. So I think I have a feeling that Mary is going to come out as a pretty clean character because uh, that's just the way the show does things, even though she probably shouldn't. She probably should end up being one of these villains again. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I think that to, uh, you know, if you want to look at uh, new characters who um, are basically just versions of old characters like the the new police officer who uh spencer made out with in the elevator Mm -hmm. like he's kind of he's kind of suspect something's going on there he's he's a bit too nice um if if his purpose is really only to be the police officer and somehow i don't something have have weird chemistry with spencer he's gonna have weird chemistry with spencer but i think that his relationship with Spencer is going to drive Spencer towards Toby somehow. Uh huh. Um, and maybe the show will be so clean as to have a uh, new uh, hottie detective um, get together with Toby's lady. Oh God! That would just make too everything, much. Everything neat and tidy. Too much. Um. Yeah. So Mary Drake. Probably, I mean. What makes most sense in reality, in logic, is right. that Mary Drake killed Mrs. D. Right. 
there really isn't any other motivation for anyone else to kill Mrs. D besides Charlotte. But I think that it's been shown if if Charlotte killed Mrs. D, then why didn't Charlotte kill Allison? Right. You know, or her dad. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't well, make any sense. Yeah. Also, if Charlotte realizes that her birth mother is not Mrs. D, then Allie's not her sister. Right. Right. I mean, so she doesn't have the sort of familial, any familial connection that she needs to, that, sh- that she should have. I don't know. It's just like Charlotte was such a, you know, the supervillain of the show, the smartest character way ahead of everyone for years and years. And the way the show is dealing with her now in death doesn't feel true to that at all. No. The idea that, that as Jenna describes that Jenna was some sort of celebrity to her, like that's obviously ridiculous. You're talking about this like super villainous character who has the all seeing eye on everything. Like Jenna's not a fucking celebrity, you know, right. she's like a bit player in all of this. Um, so it's like, I don't know if the show is trying to revise Charlotte's capabilities, which is sort of offensive or if it is playing us for the grand return. Uh, the other theory that I that I had is, is that maybe this all goes back to Mona again. And in fact, Mona, who's been heroic this season, maybe Mona is actually bad and killed Charlotte and really hated her this whole time mm-hmm. and doesn't give a shit about Allison and has been playing everybody. Um, Either That or Charlotte's return, I think, would both be good. Literally anything else the show can do, I think, will be stupid. Who killed Sarah Harvey. Okay. The only evidence that question. we have uh is that Sarah what Sarah's a liability. Yes. Like she obviously was talking out of turn. Jenna had to sort of verbally reprimand her right a number of times during their conversation with Emily. Right. The only thing I can think of is that they killed her because she, yeah, because they thought that she was a liability. She was escaping too. She was attempting to get out of there, right? And she ran into somebody who right. then murdered her, right? Probably not Jenna. No, probably not Jenna. Does I have a hard time believing that Noel Khan kills her? Yeah, there's just I just I have a hard time believing that Noel Khan is like is truly villainous, right? I think he's just. A douchey guy who will do some dirty things, some shameless things, but he's not going to kill anybody. Right. Presumably. Presumably. I mean, the other thing was Charlotte allegedly dated, as Cece, allegedly dated Noel Khan's brother during the time when she went to college, which she didn't. So, right. so like, there's this whole web of lies. I mean, in the show, would probably tell you, oops, inconsistent, plot inconsistency. Yeah. Um, but if you do want to go lighter. back to that point, uh, you know... There is like a web connecting Charlotte to Noel Khan mm-hmm. or the Khan family. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so then I guess, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just you know, the show, I think, fundamentally mishandled the way they brought Allie back and explaining what she did while she was gone, the reasons for her to be gone, the harassment behind her, who was actually after her. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, having the reveal that Mona was trying to kill Allison and killed Bethany Young by accident. Okay. Well, does that mean that when you saw Allison later that you weren't still trying to kill her? Right. You know, like just none of the initial mystery of the show was really wrapped up in a, 
satisfying way. And I think that's reverberated through this whole chunk of the, of the show where no one's motivations make sense when you mm-hmm. bring these characters back. Charlotte's death doesn't make any sense. You know, as far as I'm concerned, it's all just a hot mess and I'm going to continue watching it every week because I just want to see like what the hell they do. But, you know, I'm sure there'll be some more good moments and good episodes, but I just don't expect the show to, you know, impress me or to end any of this in a, in a solid way. So say that, say that Charlotte did, uh, fake her own death. Um, what, what would be the result of her faking her own death? She's still a crazy person who wants to hurt Allison and the liars and make all these people suffer again for putting her away. And she wants access to her money. And to Why? Run away with Archer. What what does she have against Allison though? For being the golden child and having the life that she didn't. I don't know. I mean, yeah, she seems it's... too smart for that kind of stupid. Like I I can't think of any intelligent motivation behind her f- wanting to either get back at Allison. I guess maybe the only thing that makes sense by her faking her own death is somehow then that will like get get her access to money. Yeah. To her own money. Yeah. But if this is all if this stuff is if this is all just for money that she like made in the stock market or whatever, that's really stupid. Like that's a dramatically lower motivation than any of this family drama or stuff that we, you know, high school drama or stuff that like were motivations in the past. Especially if she were to legitimately like lead a new life with Allison in their house. Right. She would have all the money that she would ever need. Right. You know, there's no like there's no reason for her to want to have more money when if she just plays it straight uh, and, you know, doesn't get any trouble, lives a sane life, she'll she'll get that money. Right. You know, right. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I keep saying none of it makes sense, but it really doesn't. No, it, it doesn't. And it, it doesn't make sense in a really stupid way where it's not like oh i'm confused it's like all the stuff's there it's just none of it is connecting to each other right and it feels really tossed off right and it's just like especially with this jenna flashback which seems like bs but i think the show is going to treat as real Mm -hmm. like if it's real it's totally ridiculous and and contradicts like everything Mm -hmm. uh and if it's not real we're just still going to sit on it for like multiple episodes and the show will never address it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Not to be, not to be finicky, but you know, at this point, like I'm just trying to understand what's going on and I'm trying to stay interested in this show with Charlotte being dead and Mona being sort of, you know, in a much reduced role and like all the interesting things about the show, essentially having like Allie's not really that interesting. They've, mishandled her character oh no yeah she's such a boring character now and it's just like there's not really a lot to watch especially now that they've taken all the liars back to relationship square one yeah i think you know if if we're gonna i feel like there's little things we could comment on now because it's funny because i i think that you know we haven't been talking for that long and we're literally covering, covering five episodes and i kind of feel like we've talked about everything yeah i mean there's all these little details that we could go through but they just aren't really super relevant. Yeah, a few things I want to point out. Um, 
And I don't know if if Norm if Norm if Norm old Norm Buckley listens to this episode. Hi, buddy. Hey, uh, I think he's better friends with our rivals than he is with us. With, with bros like PLL too. Yeah, you're not supposed to say their name on our podcast. Oh, I'll have to go back and bleep that. <laughs> that would be hilarious if there's a bleep over that. You should put one in. Um, if uh, I thought it was funny, um, maybe not necessarily ironic, but hilariously coincidental that Norm Buckley, who does not often speak very well of Ezra on the Twitters, uh, did direct the episode in which Ezra proposed to Arya. I felt bad for him. I I mean, he, <coughs> excuse me, he's been a little bit more cagey lately about saying disparaging things. And I think that's, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make your, your money. You can't like bite the hand that feeds you. I understand that. But I did think it was a very hilariously subtle thing, um, and I, I I thought I thought that was pretty funny. Um, you know, I I tweeted the show tweeted the other day. What did you think of Arya's answer to the to the? I mean, we've talked about like how we think their social media channels are like minimize the show's greatness and all this stuff and. Uh, but the the official PLL TV series Twitter handle tweeted, "What did you think of Arya's response?" And I tweeted at them uh, a, a statutory rapey smear on your wonderful show. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, <laughs> all that Lacroix coming up. Thinking about Arya and Ezra, um, right into the microphone, and they retweeted me to three point six million people. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. And what's crazy about that? I mean, you see like how engaged people are on Twitter, which is not very because like that tweet then got like 60 likes and three responses and that was it. Well, all those, uh, well, actually it was like seven, I saw it was like 70 likes and like 18 retweets. But the funny thing about all of that is the people who actually responded to it, they didn't respond to you saying that uh, there is a statutory rapey smear on the on the episode. They were like, oh, finally, Ezra, I love Ezra. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. And it's like, did you not? You were responding <laughs> like you're not. You're not even connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. It's. It's. I mean, I think that that's just indicative of the general lack of awareness and uh, focus on social media, which is well. No surprise. I I thought it was. I thought it was bold and admirable of the show uh, to retweet that and put it put it in front of their audience after generally being unbelievably uh, pro Ezria and pro all these ships. Well, and absolutely just vapid. Uh, I think that maybe someone got their hand slapped when Troyan responded very negatively to one of the their to, tweets. Yeah, to Spencer being slut shamed yeah, by the official. Basically, got slut shamed. Yep. Uh, I bet you someone someone uh, got in some trouble for that. Yeah, she was pissed. Rightfully so. Yeah. I think that you know that stuff needs to happen more often. I can't. I have trouble believing that none of these actresses are looking at this or aren't looking at this and um thinking that you know some of the stuff is just ridiculous well you know it's funny because troyan is like the only one who seems to be maybe a little bit more dedicated to acting because uh you know a couple of the others sort of have their like lifestyle sites and their fashion stuff or their like uh uh, country music career whereas (laughs) troyan you know 
is doing screenwriting or, or act, acting and shit and, you know, is like a little bit more, just seems like a little bit more serious yeah. or focused, I right. guess, uh, and paying attention to these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. That's just my, that's my impression. Well, I think it's a, val- it's a valid impression based on our uh, very uh, slight uh, attention paid to the world of social media and Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. And we've never met them like the like the bros. That's true. That's true. I know several people who went to USC with Troyan, and some said she was really nice, and some were like, eh, whatever. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure she's great. At least no one was saying, like, yeah, she sucks. Right, right. I mean, she's definitely my favorite part of the show. Oh, so by I'll put, far. I'll put that out there. And I think that, you know, all of the many situations, of the, the best situations or scenes in the past six episodes of this season have belonged strictly to her. Yep. Um, I can't even really think of anyone else that uh, is even like on board with her. I, m- I mean, she makes, she makes uh, the dude who plays Caleb, Taylor, Tyler, Taylor, Tyler something. She makes him a better actor when she's acting with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He actually has to like consider his, his crying scenes and his emotional scenes with her versus the emotional scenes with Hannah, where he's mm-hmm. like post dealing with ghost stuff <laughs> and like kind right. of an alcoholic because he's been traumatized by like dying and going to purgatory for two minutes. It's what's really hilarious about uh, all of the Ravenswood shit is that now that we've gone five years in the future and there's all this relationship drama, you know, Caleb talks very lovingly about, um, the time that he spent after he left New York and met up with Spencer and all these wonderful memories. And I wonder, I wonder if Caleb has ever talked to Spencer about his time. The with ghost him, stuff. The ghosts that he had. I think the ghost stuff isn't canon anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything that happened before the flash forward is canon anymore. You Does, know? Doesn't it seem like it that? It feels like that. I mean, no one's talking about Mrs. D dying. Like, no. I mean, that's the crazy thing to me. Mary Drake shows up. She's like, I heard about Charlotte, my Charlotte dying, uh, who I know was my son Charles and became Charlotte Mm -hmm. because somehow I found out about that. I didn't come back when my sister died. Yeah. You know, because I killed her. Right. You know, it's just like. And Jenna wasn't like, Toby, I came back for your graduation. Also, remember when our house blew up? Right. Right. Well, yeah, and it's like there's uh, – Toby alludes to like they tried to have a reunion previously, like two years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and it didn't go well. So we don't know what that means. Right. could mean anything. <sighs> it's just one of these little things that the show – that one I'm okay with the show not filling in that gap. But, you know, that one at least is like, okay, that te- that tells us some emotional information as opposed to here's another thread which isn't going to go anywhere. You know what Jenna should have said when she saw Toby is, so I learned that you're so you're building a new house for somebody. You didn't build a new house for me after it exploded. Right, right. Uh, and when Toby was building a new house, no one—I don't think anyone mentioned. Anyone was like, "Oh, that's that's really funny that you're building a new house." Because remember when your house exploded? Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah. Seasons seasons one through six A are no longer canon. Uh, I mean, mostly uh, it's all a bad dream. Now there's going to be a wedding this season. Is there the Ezreal wedding? I think there's the wedding is this season. Ugh. Before the break, that's going to um, be a hard episode to watch. Oh my god! Can you imagine how f- just fucking pretentious and 
I don't think I'm going to be able to stomach what is that wedding is going to be like. Right. Well, I you know, I feel like the show, I think the show thinks it has redeemed Ezra and put him through the ringer because it did the reveal that he was spying on them, mm-hmm. split a, split them up. Um, he, like, tries to be better and uh, helps them and gets shot. Uh they kill off his girlfriend in the off season. Yep. They before that they he tries to do the assured thing of saying to Spencer or to, to Spencer uh, to Arya, maybe you should go meet other people in college because this was bad. Yeah. Um. Even though he's like a total wiener about it. Um. But you know <laughs> he has all these. They've they've sort of tortured him a little bit, and he's had these moments of minor self awareness. And I think the show feels like they've made him suffer enough and now they can be together and give the fans the ship they want. Um, I don't think he has suffered enough. And I think killing Nicole off off camera is like a totally regressive, like anti-feminist thing to do. It's like putting the woman in the refrigerator or whatever is what the trope is called, right? Where it's like you have this character who has no identity, who only exists to further the emotional development of a man. Yep. And I thought this was like a show about strong, intelligent women, you know, and it's like, yeah, and it falls into like the sort of stupidest trick you can do to to cheat through this through Ezra's character arc. And that's further. uh, I think that it's sort of anti-feminist bent is is furthered by the idea that you have a similarly once villainized character in Mona who, if she's not still a villain, uh, has not yet been redeemed. Because the most that she's done is, well, she killed um, Bethany Young. Right. So she so she killed somebody, uh, and she hit Hannah with her car, and she also, like, but was... But as far as, like, stalking them and all that stuff, uh, it was very comparable to, I think, what Ezra did in a lot of ways. And yet... She's done nothing but basically like help them ever since, right? And has saved them from a lot of situations, right? And yet she's still like no, still no one trusts her, right? Absolutely, and yet like Caleb is another example of the sort of way men are treated a little bit differently on the show now. Caleb's been the the guy running around doing dumb shit, half cocked by himself. No one's yelling at him. No mm-hmm. one's like, "How dare you? How could you expose Allison like this? How could you hand this over?" You know. He's right. just doing whatever he wants without any consultation of the group. And then the big drama around him ends up being that he kissed Hannah as opposed to that he put everyone's lives in danger, mm-hmm. which yeah. is bullshit. And the show even kind of like made fun of it when, you know, Caleb was so convinced that they finally had the evidence they needed in that red uh, sweatshirt. Uh, so much so that he just, you know, was basically just like walked out to the to the motel and dropped it on the ground and was like, OK, I'm done. Bye. Right. Uh and then later we see Allie just wearing it almost as like a fuck you to anyone who thought that this was legitimate evidence. Well, she blames, she goes up to the liars and blames them for turning her in. Mm-hmm. And no one says, actually, Caleb did this as a fucking lone wolf thing and he's a dick. Although, although Emily basically admits that they all thought that it was her. Right, right. Which is which, true. Which is true, but none of them were going to run out and put drop it off. No. Um, but I did. So the one thing that really bothered me, and I don't really have any opinion about this besides uh, that I just thought it was bad, 
is when the scene in which uh, Allie is and Emily, and Emily are sort of reconnecting. They're both sitting and Allie's drinking wine, you know, um, before Allie gets assaulted by a fake doctor husband. Right. Um, Emily is basically just like, Emily's doing the Emily thing that she always does, which is she just gets, she gets like very serious and she's like, I'm sorry, Allison. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're all sorry. And you're like, how many fucking times is this going to be a conversation on the show where a bunch of characters do something that doesn't really make much sense, but it just sort of like inches the plot along in a, in a certain way in order to set up some other plot, uh, like uh, right. development of some sort. And it turns out they're wrong. And all they do is they, they're just like very sincerely sorry. And then they move on. Right. Well, I think, you know, we can say that the show has really devolved into pure soap opera now because nothing matters. Everything is only for the next episode's feelings. And there's going to be, a shitty payoff. One of those, one of the many texts that I sent you last night. I think, think it was actually the first text. Uh, uh, I should look to see who directed this past episode. It wasn't Norman, um, so this isn't on you, man. Uh, we we generally like your direction, uh, but the person who directed the episode specifically directed the scene where Emily sneaks into Jenna's room. Uh, and then they finally have a confrontation. It felt like a telenovela. It was very. Right. It was. It was blocked in such a way. It was edited in such a way. Yeah. It was. Uh, they were acting in such a way. It felt like a like a daytime soap opera. It absolutely did. I it, agree. It was like really. It was. It was almost jarring because the show, as as bad as the show can get with its with its melodrama. Right. It's ne- it's always filmed. Like a like a one camera thriller kind right, of right. Well, and you know the thing about this season that I think has been a plus is that, or at least a sign of maturation, is that they have kind of amped up the gore and the violence level. I mean, you mm-hmm. have Hannah getting zapped with a cattle prod. You know, you have the liars crashing a car into Doctor Husband and just like smashing him into guts. Yeah, you know, and that's like some R rated shit. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh. I don't feel the show has sort of given itself to that level entirely, or I just don't feel like that stuff has really paid off. Like the show is saying like the characters are older, the viewers are older, we can push it a little bit more, but that not too far, mm-hmm. just a little bit. And then we're going to scale way back and go into the comfort, into our comfort zone. And it's right. like, I'm not asking the show to like become, you know, a fucking uh, like torture porn movie. I prefer that it doesn't, but it's like you're going to sort of push it forward in these little ways. You can, you shouldn't be pushing the rest of the show back. Yeah, it does feel like they they there is a sort of trade off or this or they think that 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 maturation and progression can uh, be satisfied simply by the level of darkness of right. the show. And the thing is that that stuff hasn't necessarily been outside of those couple of moments. The show hasn't really been very scary at all. I mean, it hasn't been James Bond corny like it was for a minute, mm-hmm. but I mean, what is AD doing? Like, oh, I took your test for you, Emily. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just like it it hasn't really been even even the scene where like the cop is coming in for Allie, like that was kind of scary, mm-hmm. but it could have been scarier. 
right. you know, it could have been direct a little bit better. It could have had a little bit more patience to it. I don't know. I mean, I guess it was kind of scary. Like he's in the house with her and at, I, I, I think I was just so thrown by all the ridiculous things that happened in the episode that at that point I was like, this is Noel Khan. I don't care. This is stupid. Yeah. You know, cause I didn't think, I don't know the scene where they dig up Dr. Bo- Dr. Husband's body and like his face doesn't really necessarily look like the same guy. Yeah. He's been in the ground. I didn't feel right, like he's that been was decaying. Yeah. I didn't feel like that was like super conclusive of anything. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, there's still a body here. Okay. Cool. But, yeah. I don't know. Kind of half imagined I just, case anyway. I just don't feel like the show is suspenseful anymore. I just feel like it's just sort of digging through plot and dumping through emotional stuff so it can rearrange its characters and just keep the drama going. But it just doesn't have, it just doesn't hit me anymore. It's just not having the kind of impact. And there were, like I said, a couple episodes this season, I think three and four, you know, were really sharp and the show still has chops and it still has its moments. But, uh, it's just like, I can't, I can't expect that from every episode cause you just don't get it anymore. No. Um, I think it's true. There are good moments. I mean, the killing of Dr. Husband, that was legitimately uh, disturbing and I think done really well. Um, The scene with Spencer and Caleb in the doorway, done really well. But, you know, those are two scenes from the two best episodes of the season so far. Right. And I'm... I can't think of many other great scenes from those episodes. No, not at all. And there was, you know, there was an episode or two where it's sort of the worst inclinations of PLL, where it's just one of these things where a bunch of shit happens off camera and it's characters telling each other, oh, somebody off camera went and did this thing. Right. As opposed to showing you the thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's always like two or three of those a season because they're trying to move the plot along. And it's like, they're always super boring. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that affected me the most when I was watching this episode last night is uh, when Hannah tells Arya that she uh, is no longer engaged, that she broke it off with Jordan. Or as it says in Wikipedia, their engagement fell down. Yeah. (laughs) Is that what the kids call it now? (laughs) Apparently. But Hannah takes off her ring and just chucks it. And the thing I thought was, Hannah, you spent $40 on that because I specifically remember... When after Hannah and Jordan's relationship falls down, yeah, she buys a ring, and you can see the price tag, and it's thirty nine ninety nine. Oh, okay. And I was like, "That's forty dollars you just threw away, Hannah." <laughs> yeah. Are you are you really that in money now that you're a, 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 a fancy a fashion mogul, fancy designer? Yeah. With your your sweet ass angel investor. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the Lucas Hannah story because Lucas is a total creep and totally acting in a predatory way toward Hannah. And she's like not really bothered by it at this point. And I feel like that's another thing where the show is just giving this, you know, sort of gross guy a free pass Yep. again. But you know, except whatever, except except Hannah and Caleb are going to get back together. And Lucas is just going to, and Lucas will just always be Lucas. He'll be Lucas. I don't think, I think that the show doesn't think that they're, that he's, creepy that he's being creepy right is it possible that lucas is an evil villain it's very it's possible i mean he He has the financial resources he has the financial resources he could be spying on them in the apartment Mm -hmm. there was that weird thing where the uh the fire pit exploded into the fireplace exploded into ari's face which felt like a total obvious thing to me 
There was I a security know. equipment uh, by, that was monitoring the spot where uh, Dr. Husband was buried. That's true. That was on that episode last night. That's true. Um, set up by Mona. Probably set up Maybe, by Mona. Maybe, because she came and took the car. But once again, you know, it's the same thing with Charlotte, where the ultimate explanation for why the liars are in the position that they're in is that what they're distractions they're they're related to Allie somehow right right um and they're punished they're i I don't even remember what charlotte said to explain why that they why they were targeted instead of just Allie. like basically because it was just fun or whatever yeah because Allie liked them that's how it feels now that's how it feels now it's like the liars are once again not part of the motivation of what's happening right and so it's just like, so they're what's not, the fucking point? Right. They're just not the center of the show, and they're not the, the you know, it doesn't put them in the position of being the slasher movie final girl, because there's always going to be some other thing going on beside them. They're, they're not controlling the plot as much as they think they are. Yeah. And, yeah, it just displaces them from being the protagonists of their own show in a way that is, like, kind of unnerving and unpleasant. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I can't do this, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep watching the show. I'm gonna, I want to keep recording this podcast. Yeah, we'll check back in in another yeah. few episodes. Yeah, um, maybe we'll have some more. Maybe it'll start making sense. Although I'm not, you know, crossing my fingers for it. Um, no, we, this just feels like, this just feels like it's not, it's never, it's not gonna go anywhere. I agree. There's nothing left for it to do. I agree. I mean, it's interesting when they kill somebody because at least that's like, it just narrows the pool down. Right. You know, although I thought Sarah Harvey like could potentially be an interesting character. And of course, as this uh, auto straddle article says, like she was just never given anything to do and mm-hmm. not really written into any kind of three dimensional character and, you know, treated really poorly compared to like a real asshole like Fitz who gets to be a main character and gets to be redeemed. Yeah. You know, Whereas, yeah. whereas uh, Sarah gets like three seconds of redemption trying to like prevent Emily from finding out about, you know, uh, crazy Jenna's master plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, who even cares about Jenna? I don't care. Right. She's, she's a bad character. She's a stupid character. Um, and so also, like, right. now that now that Arya has said that she'll marry Ezra Fitz, he, she told him what they, what happened to Dr. Husband, which means... Or did she tell him about the Nicole phone call, which is going to be another total red herring that will mean nothing? I, you know what? You're right. I don't think, I don't think she did. I think she told, she told him about the murder. Yeah, I don't. We don't know what they, what conversation they had. Because, yeah, I think that she told him about the murder and not the Nicole call. Not the Nicole call because, uh. right? I mean, the show I think was very precise in not showing us the conversation they had. But I think that too that uh, later, um, I don't remember what, but it, it, Arya says something to. Oh, I think she said like, "Oh, he's." She said something to him that made me feel like she told him. About yeah. the murder. Yeah. Um, if it was only about the call, that's fucking bullshit. Like, if if Arya isn't con- isn't concerned about, or the only reason that Arya doesn't feel like she can legitimately marry Fitz is because she didn't tell him about a phone call as opposed to the fucking murder that she was involved in. Right. Yeah, I don't really know at at this point which would go through her mind as being. I think the phone call would feel like the more intense thing. Well, you know what it might be is 
I don't know. The phone call might be. You know what? What I bet's gonna happen is. I don't know. I don't know if the show will do this. I, w- I was gonna say that the show might bring Nicole back. Yeah, that could happen. Um, it could totally happen because it's just so fucking convenient that uh, he goes and he talks to her parents. You you think he's you think that when he went and talked to her parents he's like, listen, parents of uh, my murdered ex girlfriend, um, I would like your blessing to marry this underage girl who I had an affair with when I was a teacher at her high school. Right. Um, is that cool? How, how, yeah. Well, how do you feel about that? Is that am I the person you thought I was? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that I also whole... I also stalked them throughout high school with surveillance cameras. With surveillance cameras, which I really still haven't taken down all over the place (laughs) still yeah i don't know i mean that was the other thing about fitz it's like he he invests all this time in becoming a criminal mastermind spy master character and then he like is so remorseful that we never really get to see him use any of that shit to actually solve any fucking mysteries seriously you know and it's like man it would be really nice if we had someone with your capabilities on the (laughs) side of good trying to like keep up with mona and all the other people i know because Mona's not trustworthy, but you sort of are. And he's so just, he's, oh, he's such a good man now. Oh, Arya, you can tell me anything and I'll still want to marry you. Yeah. I look at you with these big blue, whatever the fuck eyes I have, and you know that you can just sink into them and feel <laughs> safe forever. Fuck you and fuck that. Yeah. It's and fuck this show for thinking, and fuck everybody, all these I mean, I can understand that if you're if you're if you are a 16 year old girl, you know that maybe there is some sort of fantasy fulfillment, some tawdry appeal. But anyone else, if if you if anyone else thinks this is okay, like what the fuck? If this was the other way around, right. if this was a young man and an older lady, like everyone would think this is fucking gross. Well, I mean, everyone should be thinking this is, I don't know. Everyone should be thinking well, I know, it's all of it's gross. It's, like, it's, like, it's, it's, it's like an SVU episode. You know, it's like. This is just like typical bullshit where everyone's just avoiding the fact that there's this completely toxic, fucked up relationship at the core of this show. Right. At the emotional core of this show. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's bad. It's the show's gigantic. I mean, of all, it's the show's biggest failing as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it'd be nice if the plot made any sense at all <laughs> but i'm willing to accept that for the sake of, of television drama um well with that we should we should probably wrap this one up because the baby is asleep so i need to get to sleep yeah. uh thank you for hanging out with us again we'll try and pod again mm-hmm. uh let us know what you think of this like trash fire of the season <laughs> and a garbage you, bank full you, of you, diarrhea you, of a season you can, you can uh <laughs> Catch us on at PLGM podcast. You uh-huh. can email us at pretty little grown men at yeah, Gmail, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're start, here. Start us on iTunes. Um, today uh, is, as of recording, is National IPA Day. We had, uh, so we had a lot of beer. One of the good things about having a wedding in your backyard is I now have a fridge that is jam-packed with beer. Yes. Um, so we, uh, I had an IPA, a Bridgeport IPA. Uh, nice. Very drinkable IPA, a local IPA. It's been around. They've been around for a really long time. Um, pretty much a Portland staple. They they have very affordable IPAs. Uh, not bad. Uh, we also drank some Rainier. A classic. Classic, uh, wh- my favorite cheap beer. Yeah, classic, uh, local cheap beer. Um, Rainier, 
or Bridgeport. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode of Pretty Little Grown Men. In, in which we, in which we, the Pretty Little Liars recap podcast that hates Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> Come give us money or beer. Yeah. We swear that we'll talk about things that we don't hate. Someday. Yeah. Someday. Oh, man. I don't even know if, like, I, I kind of feel like at one point in this podcast life, we were sort of neck and neck with the other, with the other, the other Pretty Little Liars podcasts, and we all just were kind of, like, we really like the show, and we want to talk about the show a lot. I, I don't know if the other podcasts are as just full of hate as we are. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I need to catch up. I need to catch up and see what everybody else has been saying. Yeah. Sorry, other Pretty Little Liars podcasts. We have not been... The, the good fans of the good the good allies that we should be yeah well, we've, we've had a lot going on yeah you especially you you should get some sleep well the, yeah the baby is really a full-time a full-time situation she's very cute thank you i agree uh maybe one day listeners you'll see a picture of her or some crying we'll get some crying on the podcast <laughs> that's, that's probably we'll get some of that on the next episode uh I don't even have like a sign off line. What was one of the stupid things they said in this episode, past episodes? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. There have been a couple of good one liners in these episodes, but I can't remember now. So we'll just catch you next time. Hey, how about bitches? How about uh, when it comes to Ezra and Arya getting married? I don't. What am I missing here? <laughs> You know when you say I do when you get oh <laughs> oh right I don't that's the thing you say <laughs> in weddings okay okay <laughs> see you next time bitches. I know what you're keeping.